All right, we got here Sean Ziegler, co-founder of Upspace. Super excited for this one. We've been trying to get this one on the books for a little bit. We've connected offline quite extensively through Dom Fusco, who's also a partner in the business. Super excited, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I know a lot of recent shifts happened in your life, so let's dive right into it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. So talk to us a little bit about Sean Ziegler personally, what your journey has looked like, and then we'll dive deeper into Upspace, where that's landed you. You're, you move from Philly to Cali, all these different things. But let's talk about Sean on the personal side first. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, my journey's just beginning. I'm 24, so definitely younger in my journey. Hope to live to 100, so just a quarter way there. I guess to start myself, I've always just been extremely passionate about the concept of being able to come up with an idea or whatever it might be, see a problem in the world, get other people to support that problem, and then invent a new solution that can completely change things. We call that a business, but just the concept that you could do that has always been very exciting to me. So, you know, in second grade, like Benjamin Franklin, I dressed up as him and he was, you could call him one of the OG entrepreneurs who, you know, invent or discovered electricity. So from a very early age, that's what really interested me. People like Benjamin Franklin, Steve Jobs, et cetera. So from second grade and on, that's basically been my programming, just learning ways to build, create, and inspire others to do, do it with you. And so how has that inspired Upspace and what has inspired Upspace? What is Upspace? Tell our audience all about where you're at today and what your entrepreneurial journey has led you to. Yeah. So I guess how inspired Upspace, it's a whole sequence of events that what led to kind of Upspace. In short, just to give context, Upspace is essentially like Spotify, but for health and wellness. So it's a subscription network for health and wellness creators to build communities and then get paid for paid for through subscription, right? And then as a consumer, I can go on there and there's a whole marketplace of all sorts of creators and their content, workouts, meditations, whatever it might be. I can subscribe and follow it all. So that's what Upspace to give a concept. concept. But how it kind of came to be was a whole you know, stepping stone. I wasn't initially super into health and wellness myself necessarily. I was an athlete, so I love playing sports, and that's really all I did. I didn't know much about health and wellness, but I literally just played sports. So I would, you know, lift through that. And then when COVID hit, things completely changed for me. COVID hit, and it was like all of a sudden, the most important thing, you know, your health became extremely political. And you started to see, you know, doctors trying to stand out and say, give alternatives, right? Hey, you don't necessarily need to get this jab or you don't, you know, hey, protect your immune system so that you don't get sick in the first place. And that was considered controversial. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? This is an absolutely bizarre thing that people who are standing up trying to provide health solutions to the world are being canceled. So I actually started to create this platform that was called Toss Talks. And it was kind of like Substack-esque where... It was all about like empowering journalists and writers to make money or be able to write without being canceled because that was important to me. Then fast forward a couple months and my partner, one of our partners, co-founders, Chris, he came to me and was like, hey, I'm working on this thing called, it was called Upswing Fitness at the time. 
any chance you could help make shirts? Because I had a custom t-shirt business in, in college and he knew about that or whatever. I was like, Chris, I'm not doing customer t-shirts, but like, tell me about this. And he started telling me about this, you know, concept of like, he wants to build this platform that allows trainers at the time was the focus trainers to, you know, create programs and sell it to consumers. And I was like, this is cool. I immediately started giving feedback just on this call. We're supposed to talk about shirts, but it started, you know, spinning. I was like, well, health and wellness is the one thing that's being canceled so much right now, you know, and that's where the doctors or whoever might be trainers, nutritionists, whoever's getting canceled. This could be a great platform to just empower these people who are giving the solutions and just hyper-focus around health and wellness. So that's kind of how I got into it and how it all started. So where, so talk about what your, the last like six to 12 months have looked like. I have a, we have a little bit of a background that we know, but we would love our listeners to know what the last like six to 12 months have looked like, what the next six to 12 months might look like. I know you guys are moving a million miles an hour. Uh, you know, you're burning the candle and it's been a fun journey to watch from afar, but I'd love for our listeners to know a little bit more zoomed in on the lens a little bit on what you guys have going on. Yeah. So the last six to 12 months, I mean, they've been a grind. It'll be a grind for the next six to 12 years, hopefully. That's why we, we love what we do. But so the last, I guess, 12 months, we essentially developed the first bait. We'll start January, 2022. We developed the, you know, the initial beta platform, launched it on web to three creators, had a successful launch, had over 130 plus people subscribe to those three creators in just a month. But a lot of the feedback from the consumers or from the people, I don't like the word consumers, but from you know the people were that they wanted an app. So we then went and spun up and maybe a month or so, created an app, tried to launch on the app store, but Apple, I don't know if you're aware, has all these limitations with in-app purchases and in-app payments and stuff. This is the same thing that Spotify, Twitter, all these platforms are complaining about major lawsuit with Epic Bank games going on. So when we try to introduce our app purchases, Apple was like, nope, you can't do this. We try to get a little creative, you know, work our way around it and went back and forth for probably another month. Apple kept rejecting it. We were like, shit, like this is our number one feedback from our customers, but payments is the number one piece for the creators. They want to make money. So we basically, you know, this was probably around August now, 2022. We're like, all right, let's just, we got to get this app out there. Let's just test some features. We'll take out payments temporarily, maybe make it more social so we can still have some, you know, engaging features that don't require payment. So we did that. We spun it up in two months, redid everything, launched it with no payments, got an app store on the day we set October 20th and launched it. And we had probably about a thousand, you know, 1200 users in the app within the next couple months. It was growing, but not at the rate we wanted. You know, if we're going to grow this thing, we need to see, start to see some exponential growth. So then January hit and I basically went to one of my, one of our co-founders, Chris, and was like, Chris, we got to rethink this. Like we got to, this isn't what we set out to build. We're just limited by Apple. So we're building it. So we decided, you know, we were like, okay, let's, let's redesign everything. So we redesigned everything and then we now we're at a process where we're about to launch Upspace 2.0, which back to the original model where the creators can have their payments, consumers can come in, and we found a way to do it that fits Apple's guidelines. So we were accepted in the App Store, and now we're about to be ready to just to launch it to our next batch of creators and go full force. 
So tell us about the process of actually developing an app, because for you to actually like to hit a target, I know a lot of people that have developed apps and to hit time targets is like nearly impossible. Everyone's always delaying the app because some people rather outsource it to a different country. They go the cheap model and it's just, it's glitchy. It doesn't work. Some people go American. They run out of funds to all this stuff. So tell us about what your process looked like and how you guys were able to hit that target and pivot so quickly inside of a space that doesn't move as quickly as it needs to. Yeah. So initially we went the target where we worked with an agency. In my opinion, I would never go that route when developing your app because I believe in incentives. Like at the end of the day, everybody's going to follow their incentives and they're going to put an amount of work in that is aligned with their incentives and working with like an agency, the incentives aren't there. You know, they're building an app for an hourly rate and that's all they care about. So they're just trying to ship product. They don't care about this little thing, you know, behind the scenes that might not scale as well or whatever it might be. So we worked with the agency to build that beta, which was great, but it was expensive. When we were like, okay, we need our own team. So we went and we built out our own team, brought on two devs to start. And with that, it's just like when you have your own team, it's, a, it's just a people picking thing. You got to pick the right people and then you build. So you p- pick the right people who got the skill sets and then build. So that's been our process ever since. Now we are just hyper-focused on picking the right people and then inspiring them, challenging them, motivating them to build and build faster and better. So that that's what we do right now. It's all in-house. It's all, you know, people within our team. That's amazing. So for those of you guys that are not familiar with how startups work, most startups don't turn a profit for relatively longer time frame from when they start and they burn through cash pretty, pretty mm-hmm. aggressively, whether it's through other people's money or owner investments. So tell us a little bit more about that journey and how like as a 24 year old, it could be very scary when you're investing a lot of dollars, you don't see an immediate ROI, the cash flow, the, the future cash flow is there, but the current's probably not there. Um, mm-hmm. The process of raising money. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it all depends what company you build. Before this, I built, I had like a landscaping company. That I started eighth grade and that was entirely bootstrapped. So we were profitable day one. You know, you make money, then you reinvest that money. So there is ways to do that. And it really depends on what business you're building, right? Like agencies, for example, if you're doing marketing or whatever, it's very possible to start making money day one. You get a client, you start servicing them, and then you scale from there. But if you're building like a tech company and you're not technical yourself, it's almost impossible to make money day one because you got to build the platform up front in order to get generate any sort of sale. So what we did is we raised we raised money from various angel investors and then we started building from there. Right now we are we are not profitable. We definitely have a clear path to it. We're about to start up another seed round right now, which is why I moved to California. I'm a four million dollar seed round. But our goal right now is to pursue cash flow positive with our existing team. So that's like a 70K burn rate that we're going through right now. Our goal by end of 2023 is to reach that 70K per month. And then from there, we'll keep growing. So we'll we'll expand our team and be at 100, 150, 250. But at least we know this core team that could do some freaking damage, we're sustainable there. And then we'll continue. We'll raise money if we need to raise money. We'll continue reinvesting all revenue back into the platform and kind of catch up with time as we're able to maximize different things. But that's kind of where we're at right now. I think it all depends what business you're doing. You know, you can bootstrap. With AI now, it's easier to develop technology than ever before. You can literally use ChatGPT to create your own application if you're not a developer. And there's all these no-code solutions as well. So it's becoming easier and easier to do. So I think, you know, in my opinion, the whole venture landscape is going to shift 
And we're definitely considering that in our like fundraise strategy and everything and how to go forward. So my, it's my understanding you're quarterbacking the cap raise. Every time you guys raise capital, you're the one quarterbacking that. Do you mind talking about just, you know, just, I don't know, initially some of the head trash that someone might go through being a younger guy in that world, sitting at the table across from people that might be twice your age or, or whatever that looks like. Like, talk about what that journey has been like for you personally as a young business owner. You know, yeah. going and, and getting in those uncomfortable conversations, and then uh, and then ultimately on the other side of those conversations, becoming more confident and more comfortable. Yeah. So number one, that where the C word confidence is the number one most important thing. And if you put your shoes, you, you know, you know, when it stepped in your an investor's shoes, you would not want to invest in somebody who's not confident in their product, right? If they're not confident in their own thing, then why the heck should I give you money? So confidence is the most important thing. So with that being 24, most people are talking to her 50, 60, however old they are. Age is a number. It doesn't matter. One line that really helped me build my confidence was from Steve Jobs, where he would say, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, the second you look, look out into the world and realize that everything that you see was built by people no greater than you, it completely changes your psyche, right? So I look at Tesla. I'm like, I could build that. I could figure that out. And granted, it's Elon Musk. He's a freaking super, superpower. And that guy may be alien. He might be some, maybe, maybe we couldn't do that. But the point is like, I look at all these other products and all these other platforms and all these, you know, billion dollar companies, Amazon, right? Jeff is no greater than me or you. He just decided to go in and take a risk and take a challenge and be relentlessly persistent to accomplish that. So that right there has just, that philosophy has given me confidence. So when I go in there, it's, it, I'm confident as heck, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't even be building this thing. Yeah. And that's one of the most attractive things when raising money. Now, in terms of like hurdles that happen, you know, you got to be ready to get rejected because the reality is you have this grand vision in your own mind, but you don't, right? Or the investor doesn't, they don't see it. They only see a little snip of it and they don't even understand the market. So they don't understand the problem, the market, the vision, right? They don't understand all this. So when you're going in there, you're basically telling the story to them for the first time, trying to explain all those things. Like, look, hey, there's this massive problem in the world. There's this massive gap in this market, right? That they don't see yet. And then here's a vision that if this, if we're able to execute on this vision, this is huge. And it's some, it's, it's a hard thing to play, right? You only got a select amount of time. You can't go on and on and ramble. So it's a hard game to play, but I would say don't be fear of failure because you'll be rejected. See failure as just inputs. That's an input. Okay. Maybe I can learn this. Maybe I can pitch this different and then spit out new outputs and keep just persevering through it. So, so tell us a little bit more about the vision of us, of space. We know what it is, but we want to know where it's headed in an ideal world, five, 10 years from now. Everything went according to plan. Where is Upspace and what is it doing? And how many people are on it? What's that look like? I'll paint the picture this way. So to compare it to some other things, when you think of music, what app do you think of? Spotify. When you think of movies, what app do you think of? It used to be Netflix. <laughs> right. Now it's Netflix. Kind of like, Prime's no, kind of taking over for, my, for me personally. Right. When you think of shopping online, what do you think of? Of course, it's Amazon. Amazon, right. Now, when you think of health and wellness, what do you think of? The only thing I could even remotely compare it to is like Playbook. 
Right. Or in just in general, like health and wellness in general, you think playbook. Okay. Right. So when I ask that fourth question, when you think of health and wellness, what do you think of? Most of the time people pause and they're like, yep. I, I was thinking, I don't, I was thinking yeah, exactly. It's just nothing comes up. I'll, exactly. I'll no. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Nothing comes up. And then if something comes up, everybody's giving me a different answer. You're the first person to say that, but some people say Peloton. Some people, you know, will say like Pfizer, right? Like everybody has a different answer for health and wellness. It's crazy, but it's true. So our big vision is, you know, in five to 10 years, when you think of health and wellness, just like when you think of music, you think of Upspace. And let me explain that a little bit. When you look at Spotify, Netflix, or Amazon, they didn't become the great platforms that they are by creating the music or by building, you know, producing the movies or by creating the products that they sell. They became the great platforms that they are by building a platform that empowers the musician, the artist, or empowers the producer or the entrepreneur building a business, and then gives distribution to that and access to the consumers. So that's what Upspace is. And that's what in five to 10 years we will be to the world. And that's what I like so much about it. Cause like most people have influencers when they think of health and wellness, like, Hey, I think of this guy. Cause like, like for me, it's like Devin Levique, a guy on right. Instagram who's awesome crushing it, but like, I'll follow mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff. That's how I turned to playbook over time. Right. So over time, if the influencers or the micro influencers go to playbook, as people think about them, they then think about playbook or vice versa. So it's an right. awesome ecosystem at the same time. I know you had a question. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, do you want to, I don't know if you want to respond to what, what he said there. At all. No, I mean that that's exactly it. And just one thing on that with like influencers, I like the word influencers. It's very flashy and it's kind of like the old fitness. Like it's like bodybuilder, you know, look at me, look at me rather. I'm all about like, how look at you, like, what can we do for you? So when we look at like the creators that we want, we look at the educators and the educators aren't just fitness. It's like all health and wellness. So it could be a nutritionist. It could be Andrew Huberman, Dr. Daniel Amen, right? I ultimately want doctors on this thing that are, you know, giving proactive care. So it's all that, but yeah, go on. So I log in, I open up the app. I, maybe I'm on a website. What is that? What am I experiencing when I go in there? Yeah. So I'll explain the North star, which is what we're building should be ready in about a month, two months. That's because that's what we're building for. When you go in there, the first thing that you'll see is, you know, think to give you a visual, like think of the iPhone, you know, especially the basic iPhone, it's just a bunch of squares with different apps, right? That's it. So freaking simple. Squares of apps. Within the app, there's power, but squares of apps. So when you go into Upspace, the first thing that you see is squares, which are the creators that you're in Upspace, their communities. So if you're in my Upspace, you'll see that square. If you have your own Upspace, you'll see your square. That's the first thing. Then within every single up space, we have the tools for the creator, the tools for the artists, right? And that is a group chat. So you can chat with the creator where they can share content, et cetera. You have content gallery with natural language search that you can search for just that creator's content or whatever it might be, filter through it. And then you have the programs, which are essentially just curations of the content, right? Do this, then this, and this within every up space. So it starts out, you know, when you click on the Upspace app, you go in and you see the squares of whichever creator you're in, you click in, and then you got the group chat, the gallery of content, and the programs, and then we'll add in some gamification with that. Now with it, though, we're going to be, as we get more and more creators in there, there's going to be more and more value to the marketplace. So we'll ultimately want it to be a place that you find creators, not just a place where a creator invited you into, right? 
So within that first, you know, home screen, you got that, like I said, the squares right at the top is the lives in the marketplace. So it starts with my stuff and then you can go to the marketplace, which is workouts, programs, or communities, right? And then each of those, you can go and find whatever you're looking for with natural language search, meaning you can type in whatever and it'll display what you're looking for or filters, you know, a filter for workouts, meditations, recipes, whatever it might be. And it will live there in that marketplace to drive people back to the creators. And you don't have to go too crazy deep into this, but how does Upspace monetize and how does the creator monetize? So like, I know you said in-app purchases, does the app itself cost money to purchase? Like, is there ad revenue? Like what's the, what's the path to profitability for you and also the creator? Good question. So there's two primary ways where we'll make money in phase one of the grand plan, I guess you could call it. So two primary ways. So one is the creator sets a price subscription to their upspace, right? To their community. They set the price. They keep 80% and we keep 20% as like marketplace fee and just platform fee, which is standard. So we make money from that 20%. And then the creator makes money from the 80%. Everyone sets their own price. So you could charge 20, somebody could charge 50, somebody could charge 100. And then the second way we make money, what was that? Like OnlyFans for studs, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the OnlyFans business model, Patreon business model, Substack business model, right? Similar business model to that. Now, the second way where we make money is a little bit more unique, but and I think it's pretty cool in my opinion. I think it'd be pretty powerful. And this will happen as the marketplace evolves, but we have what we call Upspace Plus, right? So as we have all these different creators sharing, you know, content workouts or whatever it might be behind their paywall, behind their subscription, that's all super valuable. And it's also, it's valuable as a discovery tool for creators to share and get discovered. And it's also valuable for consumers to find. So we'll have Upspace Plus, which will live in that marketplace where you can subscribe for $14.99 a month. And then it'll unlock all the workouts, meditations, guides, that content type, the actual content on the platform. And then it'll be rev share with the creators. So if I complete a workout, creator gets registered and they get paid depending on how many workouts each consumer or meditations or whatever they complete. But that'll just unlock it. So as a consumer, I can get as, as much as I need. And then what if I want more, right? I want the community or I want access to the programs or I want more from that creator. Then I can subscribe to their upspace as well. And then they make more money as a creator. I love it. I love it. This is a head of the horse type of question here. What is it? What is that? Did I say it right? put a head in front of the horse or carriage in front of the horse, whatever they, however, they, however it goes. If I want to buy your company right now, what's that number? There's no buying. There's no buying the company. I don't get why so many people create companies for the exit. It's like, what? It's so, it doesn't make sense to me. You start something to get rid of it. That's what the majority of people do. I don't, I don't get it, but I don't see money. It's not my motivation. Money's a tool. So I'm, I am motivated to acquire it so I can have that tool so I can build more. But there is no price to this. You know, Apple could offer me a billion dollars for this. And I'd be like, no, fuck off. Because what are they going to do with it? You know, they're not going to actually change the world with it, except Apple's a great company, but they're not going to change the world. So truthfully, there is no price to it that you could buy. And that's that's 100% legitimate. If I win a lottery, I wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I, what am I going to do with the money? This is exactly right. why Sean moved to California to go raise money, because this passion is what people see. And they people don't just invest in companies. They invest in people. And I, I want to see that if my money is going to go to this company, that there's someone passionate about not just looking to turn a profit. Yes, that is going to be a better return on my capital, but also be there in the long run as well to see this mission through. So, so I love that, man. So tell us a little bit more as we near the wrap up, 
Like what's in it? Like what's down the road for Sean Ziegler? I know Upspace and Sean Ziegler are relatively mutually the same right now, but what's in it for you down the road? What's your vision? Yeah, for for me down the road, I mean, every I know I can make a lot of money doing a lot of different things. You know, like I could start, I get in the oil industry and make a fuck ton of money. I could get in the pharma industry and make a fuck ton of money. Like I understand the business model. I could do all these things. I could start a goddamn hedge fund in financial engineer things and make a ton of money. I could do all these different things. I know that because I've you study it and I know what I'm capable of. Not from being cocky. I just like no, I know I can do this stuff. So, but I've made a kind of promise to myself, like when I was younger in high school, I was like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it for the world. Like it's going to fix humanity, change humanity, inspire humanity or whatever it might be. So for me, everything that I do in the future will be geared around that. Upspace is one of the first things, which is health and wellness and really like changing culture around it, around health and wellness so that we can proactively take care of ourselves rather than wait and take our pills. But the next thing for me, you know, down the road, I could see myself inventing something in the energy sector or maybe something like empowering the human body or the human brain, because I believe the brain is way more capable than we know. Something around those rounds, but it'll definitely be something that is positive for the world. Otherwise, it's a waste of my time and I'll just hang out with family or something, you know. I love it. But, I feel like we just interviewed the the second coming of Elon Musk here. The, the, that's un, unbelievable, bro. I, I love it. I believe it. I'm a huge believer in Sean. I love Dom as well. If those that don't know, Dom Fusco, awesome. You guys are just great, man. So is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it's word of advice or any promotion you want to go, go through with? The floor is yours, man. I mean, check out Upspace for sure. We'll be launching Upspace 2.0 soon. But truthfully, just... I guess one thing that's been on my mind that I would share is, is I feel like sometimes people think that like health and wellness or taking care of yourself is like a drag or it's like a hard thing or it's like, it's a sacrifice. But the truth is it's actually a freedom. You know, you're basically escaping this cage that we were programmed in by starting to take care of yourself. So I really hope that people can shift their mindset around it and see, you know, to by taking care of me, I'm actually going to be better off in just about every aspect of my life. It's not a sacrifice. It's a blessing, you know, and that's, that's kind of one thing I would love for people to take away. Amen to that. Well, Sean, thanks so much for coming on, pouring into our listeners. Excited to see the growth of Upspace where we will be a part of it and we'll be monitoring along the way. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys. Appreciate it.